Welcome to the Do Something Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Leah Darrow, and I share with you inspirational people who are truly doing something beautiful to make our world better. We are inspired by Mother Teresa who said, do something beautiful for God. Do it with your life. Do it every day. Do it in your own way, but do it. Hello, my Do Something Beautiful friends. So happy to have you back for another podcast. Today, we get to talk to a really special lady. Um, I've had the pleasure to meet in a variety of different ways. Uh, Her story is pretty amazing. What she does is pretty amazing. And it all is about beauty, which, of course, as you know, that's kind of our thing here. Um, Elizabeth Zalasco. So Elizabeth studied fine art at the School of Visual Arts in New York City before attending the Prosopon School of Iconology. Yeah, that's a, that's a mouthful right there. Um, where she studied traditional, get this, Russian Orthodox iconography. That's also in New York City. Um, A little bit after that, she moved to Denver to finish her Bachelor of Fine Arts degree at Rocky Mountain College of Art and Design. And she graduated valedictorian of her class, my friend. She's a smarty. Elizabeth works with Catholic publishers, institutions, churches, and private collectors, a private collector, uh, to create commissioned pieces of art. This is so interesting to me uh, for so many reasons. Let let me wrap up a a few more things in her bio that I think are pretty interesting. Um, Over the last 15 years, Elizabeth, she's she's given tons of talks um, about the theological aspects of this process of creating traditional icons traditional icons, and the importance of sacred art in the home. Those are the things that really stuck out to me because when I love art and I've, I've always been drawn to it, I think we all are because we're drawn to beauty. Um, but it was in particular, one of my very first pilgrimages to Italy, uh, to Rome, when I got to go through the Vatican museums that I really started paying more attention in particular to Catholic art and Catholic icons, which those are not always the same thing. Uh, Well, in a way, I guess they are. Everything's art, but an icon is different than just another painting. And so that began, for me, the journey of trying to find out more about this. I am so excited for you to listen to everything Elizabeth has to say. So without further ado, here is Miss Elizabeth Velasco. Hello. I am so happy to have you on this podcast, Elizabeth. Yeah, me too. This is so great. Love I am it. so pumped. So, yeah. okay, there are lots of questions about the icons and all of that process. We're going to get to that. We're, we're going to talk about really what this is all about, iconography, the difference between icons and regular old paintings, why yeah. it's actually called, whenever you create these, it's called write, like you you write an icon instead of painting an icon, Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And there's different thoughts on that too, but we can definitely talk about that. But it's, it's, it is very different. Icons are very different than uh, traditional paintings for sure. I love that. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Okay. Well, I, and we're, so we're going to get into all of that. So don't worry. We're going to answer the questions you probably already have about those things. Yeah. And then one of the big things we're going to touch on a little bit later on is really the importance of having this type of sacred art in your home and then how to pray yes. with icons in particular, because it's, again, very different. Um, And I think for a lot of Roman right Catholics, this is, it's familiar, but at a distance. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And, 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 that, and that's something that's just been so good to share because I see a lot of um, iconography just seems to be becoming more and more popular over the years, but I don't feel like um, people in our culture really understand them very well. And so that's been a real part of my my mission just in sharing is just, you know, really helping people to get deeper into these images and understand what it is that they just brought into their home. Right. And yeah. it is, it is amazing. Now, Elizabeth, um, I, I, I love to share this because this course is amazing, but you have actually taught a course inside LuxU, Lux University, inside our new yep. Lux app um, yep. on this topic. You go into crazy depth. We went in and filmed you writing an icon, the whole, pro- I mean, it, that was one of my favorite things to witness, you know, <laughs> in this work, being able to, to produce that course. I was like, this is unreal watching you do that. I mean, obviously talking about it and teaching us in the course, but then how we got to film, you actually write this icon and we watched you with the paint and that was, that was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. That, and it was so beautifully filmed. I really, I'm so, so proud of that work that we did for, for LuxU. It was so, such a beautiful format. Um, to be able to share something visual in a visual way, um, but also just to talk about all the theology that goes into the, all the different steps of creating an icon. Um, and I'm just, I'm really proud of that work. Luxio has just been so, so good. Amen. I mean, I, I have to agree. It's, it's an honor to, to do the work for the Lord and to, to present this, especially as we do of what looks you is, you know, for women and, and the way that, yeah, I, the way that our, our team filmed that course, I am I as well, very, very proud of that. If you, if you're interested in, in, in Elizabeth's course um, in particular, and all of the, the many, many other types of courses on the Catholic faith on a variety of different topics, obviously, as you know, one of them is on iconography, you can go to theluxuniversity.com and, and, and really join this amazing private community of women who are learning more about their faith. We're praying together every day, but we'll get to that later. Let's talk yeah. about you. I want, Elizabeth, I, 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 I want to go back to like, kind of like the beginning because during our, our filming, we did talk a little bit about your personal background, like, did you, so like, did you grow up? I mean, because you, I mean, you're a Catholic artist, you're a Catholic iconographer, did you grow up Catholic? What is your background? Were you always like true blue and you, you, <laughs> you walked the line? Um, yeah. you know me, you know my story. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm, you're in very good company if by chance yeah. you didn't. However, not that I'm, I'm encouraging that, but, but <laughs> can you tell me, can you tell us a little bit about you and that background? Like, what was it like growing up? Yeah, so I I grew up Catholic um, from a very devout and loving family. Um, so my faith was really, really nurtured um, in a very natural way. It didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like it was lacking anything necessarily. Um, and I was raised an artist. Also, my mom uh, is an artist. My uncle's an artist. So I was always drawn to it. I think I my mom shares that I would sit on her lap and watch her paint um, from a very young age. So I was always, I was always really drawn to it. And, and, you know, every artist's story is different. There's people that start art in their forties, fifties, sixties. And some people just always knew that that's what they wanted to do. And I fall on that end of the spectrum. Um, I was in special art classes when I was in kindergarten. So I just showed um, interest, but also um, just a gift for it. So, and it was something that was nurtured, I think, because of my 
my mom's artistic abilities. Um, it was something that was always encouraged. It was uh, just continually a part of my life, maybe even dangerously so. I think once you start to get into those junior high years and you start to feel insecure, I really leaned on my on my talent um, instead of my own inherent beauty, if that makes if that makes sense. But that was, you know, I did not stay on the the straight and <laughs> straight and narrow. Um, I have quite a conversion story, actually. I won't I won't get into all the the gritty details, but. I think I started to fall away from the faith around um, age 11. Um, I started wow. to get into all kinds of bad things. Um, at, I mean, at 11? Yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, maybe that's the fault of a more uh, intense artistic personality. I, I don't know. I'm kind of an, I've always been sort of an all in sort of person. So uh, if I was going to be bad, I was going to be all bad real fast, you know? <laughs> Um, but if I'm going to be all good, I'm going to be, you know, going to be all in. I've, I've learned over the years to kind of, uh, you know, relax my temperament a bit, but, um, but yeah, 11 was, was really, really young, um, to fall away from the faith and start getting into things that were not good for me, but yeah, but art was always a stronghold throughout that whole time. Um, I doubted so many things about myself, um, you know, my faith, my own inherent worth, um, you know, people's love for me I and mean, you, you name it. I never once doubted that I was an artist. Um, mm. but that's exactly, I mean, God knew that about me and he, he spoke to me very clearly through art to call me back. So it's also a part of my, my conversion story in that way too, which is really beautiful. Let's see. So I would say that I had my reconversion, if you can, if that's the correct word, um, back to the Catholic Church, full fledged, um, probably around age, anywhere between. I think it was, it wasn't like a, you know, I got knocked off a horse and, and blinded by a light, but it was maybe between eighteen and twenty years old, and and for for multiple different reasons, I, I came back to the faith. But uh, gosh, it it was, it was, even though it was gradual, it was like I was once dead and I became alive. Um, I very much felt like I was given new eyes, a new heart. Um, just that, that old man had really passed away. And I, everything, every question that I had about my faith was answered in such a beautiful and poetic way that I stayed Catholic. Every question, every question that I had, I was like, I just had no idea. I was, I always wondered about those things, but I didn't think to ask the question. And that's probably why I fell away from the faith. But once what I started. Were, so what were some of those questions? Gosh, I mean, you name it. I mean, um, you know, why can't women be priests? Why, you know, um, you know, why do we have to go to confession? All the real basic, basic ones, um, you know, yeah. questions about marriage, question about uh, even the Eucharist and stuff. I mean, really fundamental things that I think I just, you know, I had questions at age 11 and, and didn't really know who or, or, you know, how to ask, um, but really foundational things. And I just felt like, oh, once they were answered correctly, I was like, this makes so much sense. <laughs> this is, this is beautiful. You know, I think it's amazing that you had the courage to ask questions so many times. We don't even, mm -hmm. we don't even do that. And, and if you have the courage to ask the question, then we have to pray for the courage to accept the truth. Yeah, absolutely. And there were some that I for sure struggled with, but I think just you letting them sit and percolate, they just make sense after a while. It's actually, yeah. there's a lot of logic behind the answers. Um, 
so yeah, so that's, that's sort of a part of my, my conversion story. How art comes into it would be that I was throughout this whole time still on track artistically, um, winning awards locally, um, you know, being recognized in high school for, for certain talents and, um, you know, had my eye on, on art college. I, I didn't, I wasn't too sure exactly where I was going to go, but I, you know, once I decided to stay in New York, I knew, you know, which school I had my eye on. So I did, uh, I did two years of my undergrad before I, I found iconography. And, and here's my, here's my iconography story. I was a little bit disappointed, um, nothing against School of Visual Arts. I was a little bit disappointed just with how big my classroom was. There was like 30 something kids in this, in this class. I just wasn't getting enough uh, personalized um, direction. And I really wanted to learn. I really, really wanted to learn how to paint better, how to paint with oil, how to paint, you know, better with acrylic. And I just didn't feel like I was getting enough uh, personal instruction. Well, I went out to visit. My brother was working in Wisconsin at the time. And I, and I went out to visit him and the church that, that he was attending, I was able to, to be in this church late at night alone. It was really, it's kind of, I don't know if you've ever been in a church alone at night. It's kind of, it's a little creepy almost, but you're like, well, I know God's here. So I'm going to, everything's okay, but it's just a weird setting. It's not the usual setting. Um, Usually it's, you know, daytime and there's millions of people inside. But so I was just walking around this church all by myself. It was very dimly lit and I went to one of the side altars and it had an icon and it wasn't, it wasn't your typical, um, I think the Orthodox, uh, don't have the sacred heart image that the sacred hearts a very Roman, um, devotion. Um, but this particular group of nuns that made this, this icon were Roman. So they had this icon of the sacred heart and I, I knelt in front of this thing and I was so overwhelmed. I don't, I don't know what other word to even use for this, for this moment, but it's kind of, I kind of think of, of art as um, it's, it's like music in that if you hear a CD, right. Of like pre-recorded music, you can be very, you know, emotionally, you know, touched by it and, and it's beautiful and you're experiencing it, but it's a whole nother thing to actually like go to a concert and listen to that same band or a singer, you know, live and, and their voice is right there and it's hitting your ears. And, and it's just, it's sort of an otherworldly experience, I think, between these two things, like a pre-recorded CD and then seeing somebody live. And I feel like art's very much like that. So you can have, we've all seen prints of things. We would probably own prints of art that we like, but it's an entirely different experience to be in the presence of that painting or in the presence of that icon. And that's what changed me. I think I had grown up with icons in my house even, but they were printed icons. And I, you know, maybe wasn't that into my face, so I didn't spend too much time with them. But but this was an experience. I was in front of this hand-created icon and it spoke to me. And I went to sleep that night and I woke up in the middle of the night with this overwhelming feeling of like, I need to learn how to do that. <laughs> it's really, it was so intense. Wow. I've never had an experience like that since just that, that really like intense, compelling, like I like direction almost like I need to go. I really need to learn how to do that. And of course, if you live near New York city, if you're, if you're like, Hey, I want to learn that. Is there a school for that? The, usually the answer is yes. Right. Cause it's New York city. <laughs> right. Right. We don't get that too much here in Denver, but 
So I did like a, a quick search. I was like, where are, is there anybody even teaching how to, how to make these things? And sure enough, the Persepon School of Iconology came up and I, I contacted the women and I left college to, to go study this. Um, and it, and it wasn't, it was, it was a hard jump because I was really on, I was like, I want to graduate from SVA. I really, you know, this is how, what I envisioned for myself. I'm going to stay in New York. I'm going to, you know, be an artist. I'm going to try to get my stuff in the galleries. And that was just completely uh, thwarted. Um, but it, it actually wound up being a better, a better plan for me, I think in the long run. But yeah, so so learning how to create icons was uh, all the instruction that I was wanting to get. I think like I I love art history. I'm an art history buff, and I I it, it was almost like all the things all at once in the same in the same place. It had to do with my faith. It had to do with art. It had to do with history, and I was completely in love. That's amazing. I I it's so neat how those things can come together in such a way where it's all that you love in that one, in that one moment, in that one yeah. time in your life when you get to, you know, your, your desire to be taught more, your desire to have more one-on-one mm-hmm. instruction, your desire to like really go deeper. And then God showing you and revealing, I guess, to your heart, like go deeper here. And then, yeah. and then providing the place where all of this is going to come together. It's just, that's, I think, what a fruit of patience and mm-hmm waiting for those moments when God does speak and, and really intervenes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then just also being willing to walk away from the plan that you had. (laughs) Oh, geez. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I mean, that's my story over and over again, even, you know, I mean, on, on several different levels, you know, what I, what I thought marriage would be, what I thought parenting would be. I mean, all those things, it's like, uh, the reality is harder, but also way more beautiful, you know, but just letting go, just constantly letting go of like, okay, well, I'm not going to do that. I mean, I, I'm grateful that I went on to finish my degree. I'm proud of that, but um, I did not think I'd be living in uh, Colorado, you know? <laughs> uh, oh yeah. But it's, can, but it's been can. beautiful. I've met a lot of good people out here. It's really just been a part of God's plan, I think, you know? Yeah, well, it seems it seems to be like what you said. Just to just to pounce on that real quick, part of God's plan is for us to let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's that's not just for a few people. No, we all have to let go of something we're holding on to. That's just not the better part. Yeah, Amen. And and it's that letting go that. Um, or just keeping, maybe it's not letting go in particular for someone right now. Maybe it's just keeping your eyes focused on what you're doing, you know, with, um, you may have, as scripture says, two hands on the plow, but if you're turning around and look, looking back, you're not all in. You're yeah. just, you are not. So it could be something where like you're at, you're being asked as many times in my life to actually let go of something, to stop something that you had planned that you even started. Oh gosh, this is this is going on actively right now in my life, mm. um, and to let go of it and to say things have changed and I need to recalibrate to keep myself on point with the Lord, and yeah. I don't understand why this has happened the way it has, but it has. Um, and then there's other times where you are doing what you know maybe you're called to do, but you're just not you're not invested. You're not like going all in because you're mm. you're thinking or your attention is back to a place where you used to be or you want to be. So I think that's beautiful how God has brought you to this place. Clearly, 
if anybody goes to your website, which is elizabethzalasco.com, um, they'll see quite clearly, uh, yeah, I think you were born to do this. Like this is <laughs> like oh, this, this is the calling of your life that is being answered in front of us. And we actually have something to look at. I mean, mm-hmm. artists are so interesting because you have this a lot of times this material standalone piece that you can look at and say, this is, this is the work. I mean, it's such a gift God's given artists in particular to have, Mm. to have such evidence, I guess, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, have such evidence of like, this is part of the reason why I was made. This is, Mm. these are, this is just one area of talent God's given me to, and I can, I can share with the world. And it's such a, it's such a beautiful, I love your website in general. I will say just from like a, just being on a ton of websites all the time, which I'm sure most people are, this is so beautiful. It's a, it's, it's well done, well-crafted, well laid out. Thank you. Uh, excellent, excellent site. Um, and, and geez, I have so many questions really about these icons that you have uh, written, I guess. So let's kind of go, I guess, let, let me move to this. Uh, we talked about this in the beginning that we would go into it. So let's, let's do that now. Explain to us why it's called writing and not painting icons. Why, why is that? calling on all of my lady friends right here. If you are looking for community in a place that is private and off social media, if you're wanting to go deeper in your faith, but you have no idea where to begin and a master's program is not in the cards for you at this moment, you need to check out the Lux Network. You can go to theluxuniversity.com to find out more, but we have created the very first Catholic app for Catholic women that does just that. It brings you community of women in a private setting. It gives you all of the courses from Lux University, courses on the faith, courses on theology taught by experts in the field. We also bring to you live prayer, live weekly prayer at the Rosary and Divine Mercy Chaplet. And we have our chaplain, Father Michael O'Loughlin, who guides us every single week in a gospel reflection. There is so much of that and more inside the new Lux Network. Go ahead, come and join us at theluxuniversity.com. Find out what it's all about. You can choose between one of two plans. And yes, (laughs) I did name them after food. You can choose the chips and salsa plan, which is the prayer in the community, or you can choose the whole enchilada. That's actually the name of it. And that is the prayer, that is the devotionals, that is the community, and that is Lux University, which is really what most women truly do come for, is that whole enchilada plan. But come on in. If you are looking for a place to connect with other Catholic women and and really connect with them, if you want a place where you can pray live with other Catholic women in a private setting off of social media, If you want to deepen your faith, learn more about it, have the answers uh, to the questions that you've been asking for a long time, then you you need to check out Lux University inside that Lux app too. This is here for you. We are here for you. We truly believe that you are a light and yet you are a leader and we are happy to help you get there. Come join us inside Lux. Yeah, so I think that it's important to distinguish between, um, you know, art and iconography. And, and there's, if you think about, um, let's see, what would be a good example? 
a painting from the Renaissance of Mary holding the, you know, the child Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we have a gajillion different ones by different artists throughout the centuries, right? This is, um, this is something that we've all seen. And then you have um, an icon of the same thing, right? Of, of Mary and baby Jesus. The thing that's different, and there's different icons too. So there, it's not that, you know, iconography doesn't completely erase the artist. But the point is, is that it's not about the artist. You know, there's, there's a lot of room in art for self-expression, interpretation, um, so on and so forth. And in iconography, you know, not so much. There's, it's a little bit more like, here's the standard, here's the image that we've held as the standard, and, and that's what you're going to do. So, so even from that point of view, it's, it's very different. It's not about self-expression. It's not about the, you know, iconographer. It's about the icon. Um, and there's certain regulations that, that go into it that allow it to enter into the church, you know, to a place of the sacred space, to the sanctuary, to be a part of the liturgy in a way. Um, that's another distinguishing factor, too, is that, um, you know, we have a lot of artwork in the Roman uh, church um, and and the church has been a huge patron over the years of you know of artists, um, but art's not used during the liturgy in the same way. I mean, there's art there, and there's things that are beautiful and beautifully crafted for sure. Um, but in the Byzantine church or even in the Orthodox church, icons are used very specifically a part of the liturgy. Um, they're in a certain place. The person will come up and venerate the icon. Um, at several different points during the liturgy. So you can kind of see how there would be tighter regulations on, on how that would enter in. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. I, this is, this is fascinating to me, the difference of this, of the artwork in Roman churches versus the, uh, in general, just saying art in like a Byzantine church. Right. Um, I mean, it, it clearly looks differently uh, looks different, but there's also, I mean, the role that it plays it is just, I uh, could not be more different. So that is so amazing. Now, Father Michael O'Loughlin, who's the chaplain of Luxu and has been on this podcast many times and um, everybody knows, good friend of mine, but, uh, and yours too, Elizabeth. Um, yeah. He taught a course on this as well, like the like just things that are go like the difference between the Byzantine right and the Roman right. And he did spend some time talking about that and how even you entering into um, entering into the church of a Byzantine church, what like of kissing an icon, and then how the icons played during the liturgy. So we'll save that for another time. But I was amazed in that course when he was teaching it, um, just how different it is. I mean, the icons really do play a major role in the liturgy in beautiful ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And a part of the architecture, too, even specifically, there's usually um, Christ the teacher is usually on the ceiling. Um, Mary is usually behind the altar. Um, I mean, so there's there's definitely things that are even a part of the very structure of the church that um, that would set it apart, I think. Um, but yeah, to go to go back to the the term writing, a lot of people, um, uh, you know, there, I guess there's a couple. There's two different camps. It's like there there seems to be some people who say that you have to say writing, um, and there's other people that say no, it's actually just a translation issue, um, and you don't have to say writing. You can say painted, but I, I think for the most part, you know potato potato i i don't i don't know i i think we say writing and that's 
kind of held in the United States. And we should probably just continue that because it makes makes the most sense. So that's what people um, like. And it makes sense to kind of to pull the icon out of the painting realm or out of the just artistic realm. I think it's it's nicer for us to use writing because it distinguishes a little bit easier. Um, but I also heard that in, and I, I might be wrong, but um, in Russian, they say like a painter paints a fence, but um, an artist is kind of like the author of a painting or something. Does that make sense? So there's, they kind of have a, they don't have the same words that, that we do. So that, that somehow maybe came about that we started saying writing icons. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah, that does make sense. But, like an author would write something down yeah. and an author, an artist would, would write their own, their own In, image yeah. or something. Image, yeah, there's, right. some, there's something to it, but, but yeah, there's definitely a conversation being had out there about that, whether or not it's super important. I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, that's, uh, I'm just, I'm just going back to like thinking about God as, as being called an artist. Mm. So would he paint us or would he write us? I would say he wrote us for sure. For sure. sure, (laughs) Definitely. Right. Like the author of life writing into existence, our existence. Absolutely. Well, and then look at his own verbiage for himself, the word, the word made flesh. I mean, this is, man, that's exactly what it is. You know, it's I powerful. Love this. Yeah, oh, my, there's powerful. so much theology in that and mm-hmm. not to take away from any other, you know, Catholic art or Catholic painting out there that are beautiful. I mean, uh, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I was, I did a pilgrimage with Father Michael a couple years ago to Portugal and Spain. And when we were in Madrid, we went to one of the museums there and was just overwhelmed with the beauty of the art that was going, that went into all these different Catholic paintings. And, and, but you're right again, not taking away anything from this. This is a good thing. It, it's great. It's, it's great. It's a part of art history and how we can identify things, but you do recognize certain Cat, you know, certain artists and painters by their painting style. So you're like, oh, that's a whatever it is, and that's yeah, that's, yeah. that's one, one of his because of the way that they would structure that and paint that image or picture. Um, right. So I, I, yeah. So that that does make a lot of sense. So with these icons, they all look a little bit different um, yes. compared to uh, Catholic art that maybe we are more used to seeing. Right. And they look, um, I, I remember like my first thought, first few thoughts of like when I really would would look at icons is that there was just, there's a lot of hard lines. Mm-hmm. Um, the colors are, are they're, I mean, they're pretty standard. Like there's not a ton of variation. And listen, I do not know art. So you should be like, no, Leah, you're wrong. There is. But, <laughs> but it's, um, no, you're absolutely you're absolutely right though. You're on you're on track. I mean, it, it um it's absolutely stylized uh and and it's intentionally stylized. So let's um, go over that. And like I guess where where I want to go with this is why does Catholic iconography, why does iconography look a certain way versus, you know, other other things that we are used to seeing in maybe churches or museums when it comes to Catholic art? Yeah, yeah. So um they're stylized because it, it, I mean that's that's the tradition that has been handed down. Um, it we it and I I love that they that they have this because if you think about it, if you have 
or very a very realistic image of Jesus. Um, there's a lot of people like I I don't like half the images of Jesus out there, and then the other half that I love. I mean that that's that speaks to me. That's my style. I kind of like yeah, that's kind of how I pictured him to look, and and I and I'm more drawn to that image of Jesus. If you walked into an Orthodox or a Byzantine church and saw an image of Jesus that you couldn't relate to, that might affect your experience, right? Going in and kissing the icon, you know, so so that's a part of the regulation is that it was stylized in this way. This is what you come to expect. This is the image of Jesus. And that that's a standard so that, you know, it kind of, it's a, it's a regulation really. But it's also important that it's not realistic because there is, and that kind of goes back to the word writing. There's so much symbolism in the stylization um, that speaks something very specifically, uh, you know, for, as the theology. And we start to learn from the theology of the face. And so it's a teaching, to, it's a tool, really. The icon is a, is a tool for teaching the, the people. Um, in a very specific way. So that's why they keep this tradition because they keep the tradition of the theology. Um, they don't change the theology. They don't change the iconography. It's kind of goes hand in hand. If that makes sense. I love that. I love yeah. that. All right, friends, this has been a pretty long conversation. So what we've done is that we've split it into two parts for you and I can't wait for you to hear the rest of this. So make sure you come back next week for part two. God love you. God bless. And I'll talk to you later.